This is an AMI podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Accessing Art with Amy. I'm your host, Amy Amanti. My pronouns are she, her. I'm so excited to introduce you to Lise. I first met Lise somewhat randomly, as I do many artists that live with disability. And at the time that I met Lise, I was learning this new artistic term called graphic recording. And it's kind of like the universe had aligned. And I was put in a space with a graphic recorder who was teaching me all about this art form that I had never known anything about before. Perhaps that might resonate with some of you. So please give a warm welcome to my friend, Lise Skillis. Hi, my name is Lee Skillis. My traditional name is Pasigo Pisamoyapis Tsak. It means rising rainbow spirit. My pronouns are she, her. I identify as neurodiverse. I'm also Korean Metis and mixed European. And my practice is graphic recording and some medicine making, using plant medicine and making artisanal lip balm. Welcome, Lee, so much. Thank you for joining us on Accessing Art with Amy. Um, you know, I've had a chance to get to know each other a little bit in the last couple of couple of months. I would say we're virtual friends as opposed to being in physical spaces with each other. I want to just sort of jump right in and talk a bit about your artistic practice because you mentioned graphic recordings, and I'm not sure that everybody knows what that means. So let's just maybe start right with that. Sure. And actually... You'd be right. It's 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 not really a new thing. Well, I mean, I guess it's fairly new, but it's not super new. Um, but it is definitely an emerging art form, and it is uh, can also known as sketch noting, graphic facilitation, um, visual note taking. So it's translating during usually during meetings. It's translating content, meeting content, and and presentations into visuals. So like, what does that actually mean? Like, what do you, what is it that you're drawing? Are they really elaborate sketches? Are they a bunch of sketches on a page with words? What, what would, if you had to describe what that looked like, how would you describe that? Well, you know what? It's a little bit of all of that, depending on, depending on the event or the, or the meeting. Um, a, a good example, usually on a, a an 11 by 17, uh, canvas I call it I do it digitally Mm -hmm. Um, it can be done on big posters on the wall as well but I tend to work digital on my iPad and it it can be anything usually some titles that are nice and bold in color and then under that uh, you know some of those more complex concepts that are coming out in the content uh, we try to visualize them and I don't not to simplify them but to to really sort of bring them home, so to speak. So I guess a good example would be if something came out in the meeting that was talking about connection and partnerships, I would write that connection and partnerships, but I would probably accompany it with either uh, somebody shaking hands, a person shaking hands with somebody else or, or, you know, dots connected with lines that show, you know, just a, a visual representation of connection. What what do you think is the benefit of of a, a kind of art form like graphic recording? There's so many benefits. Um, you know, when you're in a big room and you're in a big meeting, it's hard to, sometimes to feel like you're being heard. But when you have a graphic recorder in the room that's working up on the wall on a big poster and you see your words on the wall, um, that can be really powerful and grounding. It just brings you into the 
you know, into the content also is really useful for when you bring people back together. Let's say you had a meeting today and you're coming back together two weeks from now or even two months from now to have that visual from the meeting. I think our brains, there's apparently there's some evidence here that we retain information a little better when we have some supports such as visuals. Yeah. I would say too, probably, and this is just a a guess because some people probably learn really well through visual pictures and other people might learn really well through spoken word and the context of words. And so you're kind of mixing the two mediums so that you can maybe encompass the, a larger majority of folks who are learning in different styles. Yeah, absolutely. I find this really interesting. I I was asked um, not so long ago, actually, when I met you, at the time I met you, I was asked to do some image descriptions for graphic recordings, literally in the same week. And I was like, I don't know what this is. And then I met you and we talked about them. And I was like, oh my goodness, how did the universe align me with somebody who does this work? And it was like explaining to me what it's about, the context of it. And now I had to describe them for folks who are blind. So they sent me a whole bunch of them and I had to describe them, which was quite a challenge. I think every visual recorder is different. So if you had five of us in the room and we were all drawing the content, we would all draw something different. And that's a a really interesting piece too, is that it's how you sort of harvest and filter the information and make connections to it with visuals. And even like a part of me was like, I wonder if any blind folks really care about the description of it because you know, you can say, you can use the words connection, or you can draw two hands shaking, as you point out. Does a blind person really need to know that there's two hands shaking there? Or is the word connection enough? You know what I mean? Because they're not necessarily visual learners in the same way that other people who have eyesight are visual learners. Yeah. Yeah. That's a it's a very good question. I, I, I don't know the answer to the question. I just know that this particular company really wanted to include the graphic recordings of the workshopping that they had done and wanted you know it to be part of the accessibility. So I was game to give that a try and I did. And it was a very, it was very interesting exercise. It took a very long time to do, but I'm really happy that I did it. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, it's the visuals. I find like the, these little icons or, or visuals in the images that are created to go with the content. I mean, that's me using my internal encyclopedia of visuals. So depending on maybe the, you know, everybody's different. So, you know, what is your encyclopedia and is the image that I use even going to resonate if it's not something that is in your own little internal encyclopedia? That's a really valid point. Um, did you, I'm, I'm curious, Lisa, if there was training for this that you took or, yes. um, or, or just if you have training as an artist in general, cause I know, you know, we're talking about a couple of things that you do today, but you do a lot of different things. So what's your background in art? Well, I mean, I, you know, I sitting at my Nana's kitchen table, always with a fresh pack of pencil crayons and some blank paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved it forever and a little bit of formal education when finances permit. Um, right. I, I, I've taken coursework at Kwantlen Polytechnic in fine art. Also Emily Carr, University of Art and Design. I did some life drawing work there and pen and ink and children's book illustration just in their continuing ed because I could never afford to do my degree. <laughs> yeah, Art school is very expensive and, and just the love of of doing it. And I think, you know, I I also want to say that nobody's born. Everyone's like, Oh, you're so talented. To me, it's not talent. It's perseverance and a little bit of stubbornness. And when you do something and it feels good to do it, you want to do it all the time. And I think, you know, nobody's born knowing how to color. It's just that 
you love to do it, then you'll do it all the time. And eventually you just get really good at it. So yeah, yeah. I started this graphic recording journey uh, just over a year ago when I hired somebody to do graphic recording. And I was like, wow, like I love to draw, like this is so much better. And I took an intro course through my mentor, who's uh, Sam Brad at Drawing Change out of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, that course is offered, I believe annually, it's coming up again, the intro course, and I'm, I'm registered to take the advanced course at the end of the year. Awesome. So you're, you're continuing your artistic practice in professional Absolutely. development workshops and stuff too, just as many artists do. As much as I possibly can. So you had, you know, initially suggested or shared with us that you were neurodiverse. And so I'm wondering about barriers to this art form or ways in which you find this art form inclusive. Well, that's the beautiful thing, actually. Um, so I do identify as neurodiverse. I have ADHD diagnosed. Um, I do medicate for it and only gets me so far. <laughs> I get, I do get lost every now and again, but I find that ADHD is kind of the superpower for this type of work because it's very fast paced. You're drawing in real time. And so it, to be able to bounce between topics and, you know, I'm capturing one word, somebody's saying something, it's a great phrase. And then I'm, I start the drawing a little, you know, icon or a graphic to go with it, but then somebody else says something really awesome. So then I stop that to be able to move between, um, topics and and do it really quickly i think adhd is kind of the superpower to help me along with that and then you know you you had also shared that you can do this sort of live on the fly um do you ever are you ever in a space where you are getting like i don't know like a video of a of a meeting and then you have to do the graphic recordings yes after a meeting that too that happens um sometimes i'm just sent the meeting notes and I haven't even attended the meeting. I just yeah. get a nice big long list of very oh notes at that point. Again, it's, it all comes down to conversation. The biggest thing that I've learned is you tell me the words that you want and I'll take care of the rest. But I, yeah. I, I don't want to decide what words you want. But if you send me the text, I can, I can certainly create you a visual. And uh, that's been really helpful. How long does a process like this take? Honestly, it, it really just depends on how much detail somebody wants. Do you want yeah. every little thing that was said? Do you want really high level, like less detail? Gives me more time to put a more powerful graphic in. There's, there's a, we use a lot of metaphors in this work. Right. So, uh, which is why it's so powerful in meetings and looks great in reports, especially for funders, for those who work in nonprofit. <laughs> um <laughs> It does look really, really good in reports. And, and it's just, it, it is a different way of sort of reporting back. And, and it does a lot, a lot of times it inspires a bit of emotion too, less, less words, more image. But it, it, honestly, I've, I've had pieces that have taken 20 to 40 hours. I've had pieces that have taken, you know, somebody's took a picture of the whiteboard from a meeting on their phone and texted it to me. And two hours later, I had a graphic. Right all depends. But yeah, I, I, I do tend to go to a little bit more detail or even a bit more detail in the graphic. That's the artist in me. I can't turn that off. Mm, I love it. It's like the tap of water. You can't turn it off. It just keeps going and going and going. Although I suppose that's not a great metaphor because you can turn a tap of water off. But <laughs> I digress. I digress. Um, I, I want to just transition a bit because you also do a lot of work with traditional medicines um, and plant life and plant medicine. So I wonder if you can talk a bit about that and how that's related to you culturally and artistically. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a time when I didn't do a lot of drawing and I'm also, you know, I'm the parent of a neurodiverse child. And so that I stepped away from a lot of the 
the hobbies that you have as a, as a person without dependence. Mm -hmm. And so in that time, I just, I really connected with an indigenous herbalist and who's now she's my mentor. She's also my friend, very good friend. Uh, Her name is Robin Edgar, her, her, you can follow her on Instagram at, at wild about plants. And she really took me under her wing and I uh, was very generous in her teachings and, and she is a trained herbalist. So, you know, when I wasn't able to create on paper, this was still just a way of creating something. And, and there was so much to it. I think one of the things that she says, that's always been resonated with me. And I think about this, about art mediums and, and even, I mean, anything in the world that applies is, you'll never know every single thing about it. Right. So when she talks about plants and medicines, you can you can learn one plant and you'll never really know it to its full. And I think that works. it's the same for people. It's the same for, right. you, know, you, can, you can say that you do watercolor, but there's, there's so many things that you can do in watercolor. <laughs> will you ever really know? You know, how, how will you ever be the master? I think it's nice and humbling to, to know that you'll never... You'll never be the master. It's it's that's not what art's for. So and and medicine making is no different. I, every time I learn a new plant, I am just I know I'm just scratching the surface. So um, the plants that I use in I, I do have a I, I create small batch uh, hand poured handmade lip balm here at home, and I use my lip balm is calendula base. And I as much as I know about calendula, and I grow calendula and I harvest calendula and I, I actually I make so much that I buy a lot of calendula I'll never really know every little thing about about it it's such a beautiful plant it smells good it's so healing it's great for lips for small abrasions which is why it's so healing on your lips um, but I know very little you know I, I, I don't know it so well that I would say we are acquaintances and that's all she'll let me be for now. Hmm. <laughs> What's that process like? Because you're making these lip balms at home. And I just have to say, uh, you gifted me a collection of these and I am a total convert. I love them. They are soft and luxurious. And the, I don't, can you say flavors, scents, flavors are lovely. Um, and uh, I like, so thank you for the gift, but I totally encourage folks to get them and we will tell you how to get them. But what's that process like um, at home when you're going to create a batch? Well, and that's the beautiful thing. And again, just like when, before I sit down to draw a poster, um, there's, it's the ritual of it and it's their care and the intention. Um, we take the calendula and I do a, an infusion. I call it the plant extraction because I'm pulling all the medicine out of the plant. But um, so I take dried calendula petals and depending on the time of year in the summertime, I do it in the beautiful Cowichan Valley sunshine. So I live in Maple Bay, which is the unceded ancestral and absolutely beautiful territory of Cowichan tribes. And I put, fill my big glass jars. I always, my husband's like, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, jars I just I just want jars if you know a medicine maker that's what they really want is jars um and I fill my glass jars full of the dried petal and then you fill it up with extra virgin olive oil use cold pressed extra virgin olive oil and then I put it out on the patio and seal it up nice and tight and I put it on the patio and usually I've got three or four of these big jars going at once and in the couch in Valley Sunshine in the summer, I leave it out for about anywhere from four to six weeks. Yeah. And I, you know, it's kind of a joke. You never know what's going to be on my patio, but we turn it, you know, I turn it 
make sure it's all sides of the jar, getting that nice warm sunshine, say nurturing things to it, make sure the dog doesn't go anywhere near the jars. And, knock yeah. and, and that's what it takes. And the sunshine just, you know, heats the oil, pulls all that beautiful medicinal qualities out of the petal. And that becomes the base for the lip balm. And then, you know, you take the jar in, it's a horribly messy process. Um, and you, you through cheesecloth, make sure that we get all of the oil and the oil turns. I mean, extra virgin olive oil is already sort of a golden color, but after six weeks in the sunshine, it is the richest golden honey color. And that becomes the base of the lip balm. And then you add, I only add a few ingredients, um, really good essential oil for flavor. I have a friend who works at Sage Essential Oils and she's been just so generous with a, pro discount. <laughs> I source local beeswax here. I have a wonderful woman who I can call her on a, or message her on a Friday night. She's always at the market here in Duncan. Like, I need three pounds. And she'll, she'll literally pour the bricks that the night before. And they oh, also nice. smell like honey, like so delicious. And then, you know, you heat it all up on the stove and pan pour it painstakingly into those teeny tiny little tubes my right arm is much stronger than my left arm now just from i cannot imagine trying to pour it into those little tubes i just can't imagine that i have a holder which helps but um, but it's still it's 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 yeah and then once they dry you got to put the labels on them that whole process right finesse and precision and also making sure that nothing's wasted and and um, just taking care so it's, it's a long, lengthy, it's a labor of love. And, but thank you for, for the compliment. Like I really, Oh, they're beautiful. They, there's nothing bad in them for you. You can eat them. Technically you do. And yeah. um, my dog every now and again, will get one off the dresser and she eats them. She loves them. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're luxurious and they work and they work. That's the calendula right. hard at work. Yeah. Yeah. That's that healing, that magical healing properties in that plant. Yeah. As somebody who takes a lot of medications that can cause, you know, dry mouth and dry lips, uh, they've really been like, like a hero in my, in my daily, my daily beauty regime. We'll, Ooh, we'll call that it. makes me so happy. Yeah. 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 Friends so, don't let friends use bad lip balm. <laughs> don't let friends use bad lip balm. I love it. I'm relentless because I always have extras in my purse and my husband, he's gets so embarrassed and we'll be at the grocery store and somebody's perusing like the, you know, whatever generic brands. I'm, I will not speak ill of, yeah. of but there's some, you know, the, the usual suspects Yeah. and honestly, and I will just walk up and I'm just like here and I'll just try this. try this, you try this. And it's, I'm not trying to sell you on it. I'm literally trying to save you from eating all of those things that you can't pronounce. Oh yeah. Well, again, a real gift. So thank you for, for sharing that. And as I think about like, you know, holiday seasons that are coming up or, you know, new moms or new dads or. Yeah. Well, um, you can use like, it. That calendula, it's so healing. Like that. It's funny. I always tell people like, what else do you use it for? If you have a paper cut, put it on the paper cut. Heals oh. it. If you have a hair out of place and you need to stick it down a little bit of that beeswax is nice. Just like mod. You can use it for a million things. If like my daughter, especially in cold season, you get the the really rough upper lip from blowing your nose. Yeah. And just go to town. Lip balm. That lip balm specifically. Just put that all over. And it, honestly, in it, in it, the healing properties are incredible. 
That's an amazing tip and I'm going to definitely use it. Okay, Lise, so we've talked a bit about you doing graphic recordings. We've talked a bit about you doing, um, you know, the lip balms creation, creation with medicinal, traditional medicinal, medicinal plants. Is there a ritual that you do with the plants? Like, do you give thanks to the plants? Is that a cultural thing? So harvesting, yeah, absolutely, as is my teachings, um, is reciprocity. So always an offering. I have ceremonial tobacco uh, that's been traditionally grown and cured by Indigenous people um, that are better. I, I have tobacco seeds. I keep meaning to grow up, but it's a real commitment. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I know my limitations and also my <laughs> short attention span. <laughs> so I'm like, will I really do this plant justice or, or will I? Yeah. So I have never, I have not grown it, but I, I do know people, I do know a couple of people who have grown and, and done the curing and also been really fortunate to find um, some, uh, somebody who grows in Ontario who I can, has sent me some. So it's always the, you know, reciprocity. And so always an offering an offering before harvest and another medicine teacher always taught me you know before you you have to sort of set set intention and, and you'll know especially when I harvest St. Harvest St. John's wort um which I also love to harvest and there's so much of it behind my house um you know letting the plant know what it's going to be used for and and just a very gentle pinch to the petal and if it doesn't come then you leave it some will come very simple, very easily, very simply, and some won't. And and so there's that's it's the plant is is really communicating when it's ready. Yeah. Never ever force it. Well, as we finish our discussion about plants, I hear this familiar sound, Lise. It's the sound that tells us it's time to play the mixed bag. <laughs> right. So here's right. how it works. You get 30 seconds to answer up to three random questions that I have pulled from the mixed bag. There's no right or wrong answers, just sort of the first thing that comes to your mind. So I guess the first question is, are you ready? Yes. Okay. What's your favorite way to exercise? Walking. Walking. Sometimes I like, I never know where these conversations are going to go when I invite a guest in and I, you know, pull the questions randomly, but walking seems to fit in with this idea of living on Vancouver Island and living in the couch and Valley and the beautiful nature that you talked about. So I imagine you walking through beautiful forest, forested areas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love to walking is walking is my ideal form of exercise. It's easy. It's accessible for me. Um, yeah. I don't get bored and it's a great time because again, life is very busy, especially with my daughter and my family and my work commitments and art and all of the things. Um, I, I am a huge fan of audible and I used to be a very big reader until I had my daughter and, and, you know, we're reading a book. It's definitely not a novel. It's usually picture books. Yeah. And so this is, that was the way it's a great way for me to reconnect to, to fiction, nonfiction that I used to love to read. and also get outside. Wonderful. All right. Here's the next one for you. If you could create a fantasy machine, what would it be? What would it do? Oh, a fantasy machine. Yeah. <sighs> Anything that makes your life just a little easier. Let me come back to it. You know what I would create? Tell me. The food replicator from Star Trek. Oh, yes. Right. 
100%. Right? I, I love that. How would yeah. you not want to walk up to a machine and be like, you remember that pizza I had in Napoli in 2003? That's what I'd like for dinner tonight. <laughs> you know what oh. I mean? Or whatever. I know my, my mind, because my mind just keeps going like, there's so many amazing machines already. You know, the, the Vitamix, <laughs> but they have that already. <laughs> you know, yeah. something that pulverizes my food into drinkable form. <laughs> but one that you don't have to clean. There's the twist. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, here's the last one for for you for the mixed bag collection, which is what's your favorite time of the day? My favorite time of the day. I have two. Okay. My favorite time of the day personally, and I rarely get to well, actually we're coming into the season where I will get to to be a part of it again is really around like 5:30 in the morning before anybody's up. Yeah. And it's just me and the dog and we will go for a walk just us. And the sun's coming up and it's quiet still. I love that time of day. And then the other favorite time of day is right the moment that my little girl is falling asleep. And I only get to see that now because she sleeps in my my bed now. (laughs) We're trying, we're we're working on that. But I will say, as, as annoying as it can be when there's, you know, all of this, now there's four of us in the bed, you know, mom, dad, the dog and the kid, Yeah. as annoying as that can be. And, you know, they steal the covers and all these things. There is a moment where she's falling asleep and it's like just this complete surrender. And as an adult, I think, you know, I don't ever get to witness that very often. So to be able to just, you see, like, there's all these things that go into it. Trust, you know, yeah. exhaustion, which means I did, you know, I did something right. If she's tired at the end of the day in a good way. And just that, that just witnessing that total surrender. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a problem if she's 16 and still sleeping in the bed, but for now <sighs> I think you're okay. This has been lovely. Lise, if folks want to connect with you about how to, I don't know, hire you as a graphic recording artist or just to purchase some of your luxurious lip balm, where can they find you? My graphic recording to reach me by email is lise, L-I-S-E, at risingrainbowspirit, all together, dot com. Lise at risingrainbowspirit.com. And lip balm is www.blackbirdholistic.com. .ca holistics with an h there's no w in that and also the email for that is lease at blackbirdholistic.ca and yeah i'm at lots of markets coming up i think this summer kicking around so that's so great thank you so much for sharing with us on accessing art with amy and all the best to you in your artistic endeavors ah thanks so much amy We've said goodbye to Lise, but before I say goodbye to you i just want to share with you this quote by albert einstein Creativity is intelligence having fun. Thanks for listening to Accessing Art with Amy. This podcast is produced by me, Amy Amanti, on the unceded traditional territories of the Squamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh First Peoples, colonially known as Vancouver, British Columbia. The technical producer of this podcast is Jacob Shemansky, and the manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Friends, we would love any feedback that you can give us. Perhaps you or someone you know is an artist that lives with a disability. You can reach out to us by phone at any time by dialing 1-866-509-4545 or through email at feedback at ami.ca. Thanks again to my guest today, Lee Skillies. Keep exploring. See you next time. 
Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.